I really wanted to still feel like I was using, you know, a talent of mine because, you know, at one point you go through this like sad time of like losing your dream job and you're like, okay, you know, there's still so much that you can do, even if it's not like immediately that you can get a job right away again, but you still have all the talents that you had before. Welcome to Raw and Real. I'm Megan Casey Loftus. And I'm Samantha Jenkins. Working in the fashion industry can often seem materialistic and shallow. On Raw and Real, we shut down those stereotypes and dive into the discussion surrounding job opportunities, both creative and business within the fashion world. There are so many unknown aspects to the fashion industry and the entrepreneurial world that we will uncover through interviewing fashion industry leaders, serial entrepreneurs, and girls just like us. Hey guys, today's episode is with me, Sam, talking to Nicolette Evans, who Megan and I met through a mutual connection and instantly connected with her. Nicolette's story of moving from California to New York to pursue fashion and then having to pivot when the pandemic hit is inspiring. And I just love how open she is in her journey to finding her passion and her true calling. We talk about how she decided to start a TikTok while trying to figure out what was next in her career and it basically blowing up overnight. I think you guys are going to love this episode. Enjoy, guys. Thank you so much, Nicolette, for coming on today. I'm so excited to chat with you. Of course. Thanks for having me. So let's start with where you grew up, where you attended college, and then kind of talk about your transition and move to New York City. All right. Yeah. So um, I was born in the Midwest um, originally and then moved to San Diego when I was in first grade, so I was about seven years old, and grew up um, in San Diego, Southern California. Love it. Absolutely love it. I, I love how it's like beach myself. I'm like such a beachy person, but I have like those Midwest roots. Um, and then I went to school at Chapman University in Orange County, and there I studied business communications and psychology. And so I, I knew that I always wanted to work in fashion, but um, it was kind of my sophomore year when I decided I really wanted to follow a company and kind of see what it's like to be on the business side of the fashion world. So I just chose a company, Victoria's Secret, because I have three brothers and we all know the Victoria's Secret fashion show is on a 24-7. <laughs> so I picked that company to kind of follow and I just saw how like they were falling behind in certain like things and big part of it was like inclusivity and that deal. So I studied that really like well. Um, and then I did research on it, got it published, presented it in Baltimore. It was this whole thing. And that was like a big passion of mine is just kind of seeing more of like this trend of inclusivity in fashion. The thing that I love most about fashion is that you can express yourself in so many ways and anyone can, you know, dress up in any way they want. So that's what I was really intrigued by. And I was really interested why Victoria's Secret, you know, wasn't following this trend because then they were falling behind. So so I started working in LA at Paige Denim Jeans. How was Ama- that? Amazing environment. Um, love, love, love that team. Was that your first job post-college? That was during college. So I had like okay. just restaurant jobs throughout college um, just to pay the bills. Yeah, my internship was at Paige my senior year. And so like I fell in love with fashion even more and I was doing PR and marketing um, at Paige. And just by the end of it, I was just like, I don't know if this is like my thing, like with PR and marketing. I think because it's when you do your own like social media type of thing, like the last thing you want to do is like work on it even more at work. So like, 
you know, your personal social media starts feeling like work and all that. I don't know. It just really didn't seem like my thing. So I looked into other avenues and that's when I really noticed Lord and Taylor was hiring like buyers. And I looked into procurement and like merchandising and I, the job description itself, I was like, this seems so much more up my alley. So I fell in love with that, got a job at Lord and Taylor. This was after graduation after the summer I was like interviewing all through summer with Lauren Lauren Taylor they interviewed me like 20 times it was wow. most, no it was probably like I think I talked to like 10 different people and can you talk a little bit about the interview process um, yeah was it all in person like that's a lot of interviews to go through well, I was still in California when I was applying but I was using like my friend's address in New York just to like make it seem more appealing, right? So I would recommend if anyone is trying to move and make it out to the big city, if you're not in the big city or make a move, I would honestly, during your application, put an address that you know in that area uh, because I think it just like pops out more. And then you can always say like, I fully plan on, you know, moving. So I was in California, I was interviewing. Um, I talked to a few HR people. I talked to a few like higher ups. I talked to a buyer or whatever. And then I decided to make a trip out to New York because I wanted them to know how serious I was. And so I made a trip out here. I set up an interview. Um, but originally I found, I got the whole interview thing because I was so aggressive on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> whenever I apply to a job, I seriously like will message, I think, 30 people because that's the only way I feel like because I didn't I don't know anyone in fashion I have no connections in fashion at all so you gotta like really do it on your own and be a people person the only thing that you can receive is a no you know that's the worst thing that you can receive exactly and like I feel like people are so scared to reach out because they're scared of rejection and it's like wouldn't you rather know that you tried or like rather be like, okay, so I reached out to 30 people and I got 28 no's, but like two people responded back to me. And it's exactly. like those those two people that could make or break you getting that job. And it really does. Like I've always said the worst thing you can get is a no, but it, it made a huge difference. I didn't even know who I was messaging at the time. I was messaging so many people. And this woman, Justina, she got back to me and she ended up being like the head of all women's apparel. Didn't even realize that at the time, but she definitely like took me under her wing and it was funny when I came to New York for like my trip right to set up this interview with her in person because I've talked to her a few times on the phone by now we met at a Starbucks over and she just last minute like I was on my way she's like oh I've just like brought a buyer along no biggie whatever just to join us I was like all right cool so I get to my interview I'm like a little nervous but I just sit down whatever and I'm with this buyer and I'm with Justina and we're just grinding out this interview and then I got the job when I showed up to work turns out the extra buyer that just you know decided to bring was my boss and so that was like really cute then unfortunately COVID happened and yeah I lost it but let's talk about your move to New York which so you moved right before the pandemic hit which is really unfortunate but can you talk about your move like from California to New York did you have any shock with like because I feel like California and New York are so opposite from each other no definitely I think Throughout college, I had this dream of working in fashion. And people always say, like, if you want to one-up LA, you go to New York. If you want to one-up New York, you go to Europe, right? So I was like, okay, I'm not ready for Europe yet, but I think I could do New York. And so that was kind of this big idea, right? And so it wasn't as scary going into it as it was, like, exciting. Definitely, like, intimidating. I moved 
far away from home and I have three brothers, like I said earlier, and they all kind of stayed close-ish, like somewhere in Arizona, somewhere in San Diego, um, and in Denver. So I like fully sent it to the East Coast and didn't really know a lot of people, but the move was pretty good. So you said you didn't know a lot of people when you moved here. How were yeah. some ways that you met people? So like when I moved to New York, I obviously went to FIT for people that have listened to um, our podcast. So I met friends that way. But I'm always so curious to see how people make friends when they move to New York, like after college, just because I feel like it is a city that is so big that it can be hard to like meet people if you're not in like a group. I got here January 2020, right? So I was with my college roommate and it was still open, right? So, you know, you can kind of meet people out. It was more of that type of thing. So I got lucky in that sense. We met, you know, a few people out. Same thing as the whole LinkedIn thing. Like you just have to not be afraid to reach out. I mean, that's what we did, right? Like you just reached out to me and you're like, come on my podcast. I was like, okay, great. Like, why not? Yeah, we um, met the best way. We met at like, we met through a mutual friend. Well, I yeah. know Mary Grace and it was like her friend that you're friends with. So yeah, it was bizarre, but I loved it. I talked to you yeah. like, the entire time. <laughs> I know. I was like, I left and this apartment, I was like, oh my God, I made a new friend. I was telling you, I was like, that's why I love New York so much because you really just, you make friends so randomly. And I feel like you can't really do that anywhere else. Like you can, but it's just different in New York. I think a lot of people in New York, it's very like work hard, play hard. And I think people have like a certain appreciation for people who move to a big city. You get thrown out to like the wolves. You really got to adapt and you got to figure it out. And it's very much just New York is you figure it out. And that's exactly what I was doing. So yeah. And then I went home for a while during the pandemic. And so I was back in California for a bit. Actually, a bit's an understatement. I was there for like five months. I literally packed a carry on for two weeks. I was like, yeah, this will blow over, right? No biggie. Uh, five months later, <laughs> I was like, I'm still here. Same with me. I literally brought maybe five outfits total. And I remember yeah. being on the phone with my dad. He was like, you need to pack for like three, four months. And I was like, dad, no, I'm only coming home for two weeks. If someone said pack for three, four months, I would bring like a million suitcases. <laughs> like there's no way I could have packed for that much. But Thankfully, during quarantine, I didn't do much, but I, I literally had maybe five outfits total. It was oh fun. Once COVID hit, is that how you got into TikTok? If we want to jump gears into yeah. TikTok? Honestly, funny story. So yeah, I went home. You know, I met my boyfriend who I'm dating now. I mean, we grew up together practically and we went to school together but we just never really connected so he knew exactly who I was he knew who I was and we have a ton of mutual friends he was kind of building like his pilot page because he's a pilot I was just like wow like you're so good at this like whatever and I never downloaded TikTok at this point everyone was downloading TikTok everyone was doing the dances right and I was like I can't keep up with more than Instagram like I barely can do Snapchat and Instagram like I just wasn't that good at it but not having a job I had so much time on my hands and I just I really wanted to still feel like I was using you know a talent of mine because you know at one point you go through this like sad time of like losing your dream job and you're like okay you know there's still so much that you can do even if it's not like immediately that you can get a job right away again but you still have all the talents that you had before so for me like I have always had a really creative side uh, growing up I was painted I was a cheerleader I was a performer um, so 
TikTok seemed like an obvious route type of thing, but I just like never really thought about it. And then my boyfriend was the one who was like, you need to start this. I think you can make like outfit, I like outfit videos. It'd be so good. Like I'll talk you through it. So it was when I came back to New York in October and then I moved like into this current apartment and I just tried out the videos. I, I started, I think my first two were just like old videos of my boyfriend and I like traveling around, whatever. I just like messed with the app. And then, yeah, he was the one who really pushed me and was like, I think you can do this. I think you'd be really good at it. So I just started doing it. And it used to take me like three, four hours to record and edit. It was so bizarre, but I honestly like just wanted to join because there's this dog audio that like is like really funny and always has like the outfit ones uh, the audio is so funny so I literally made my first video that went viral was because of that dog audio <laughs> really no way yeah. I feel like what songs you use that can really help with the amount of views that you have right oh yeah absolutely so like when you get down to like the logistics of it I would say like content wise you always want to do something that's very like authentic to you so think of like you know tiktok i mean people say it all the time like in order to really want if you want to go viral you have to kind of take it as like a business you know it's like a podcast it's not you know your main job but it could be and it should be treated like a full-time business so i really changed my mindset on you know just tiktok and thought like okay this could be like my creative outlet but i'm gonna treat it like a business too and you know, treat it like a styling type of thing and make it more of a portfolio because I still want this like corporate fashion job, right? So I was like, okay, if someone were to look me up on Instagram, it's not me just like messing around in college. It's more of like a fashion portfolio. So basically things that I found that worked for me was always, you know, make the videos that are authentic to you. And even the sounds, like even if there's a challenge or a trend that's just like, not you like don't do it you know that's not going to make you blow up because it's not going to come off naturally only do what you feel like matches you because I did that it was very familiar when people would come back to my page they kind of knew what to expect and that's why people follow you right they want to come back and like get ideas I mean I started my TikTok and only followed my boyfriend I mean everyone claims to know the algorithm um, I certainly don't but like from just my experience like I really didn't follow any of my friends like that's more for my Instagram like TikTok was definitely more so following people that were inspiration you know or just styling ideas like style pages designers that type of thing is like the only people that I mainly follow so that helps too I think TikTok kind of labels you with that group and using hashtags like let's say I you know follow Rocky Barnes they post a video and they post a sound and they post like a caption hashtags and theirs went viral I will make my own video, but I will literally copy the song, the caption, and the exact hashtags, and TikTok will, like, link those together and literally, like, make your video just as viral. It's crazy. Did you gain followers overnight? I'm assuming it was, like, a few videos that just kind of took off, and then, like, since then, has it been an organic following? I So, like I said, like, the first one that went viral is, like, this funny dog audio talking about, like, the outfits that he's wearing and so I did that voiceover and that one went viral and then from there I like did another voiceover and people like loved the whole voice everything but for me I was like this is taking way too long because I would like you'd have to really be on with the voiceover or else people are like oh you suck right and so you'd have to like record it a few times and like how I record the voiceovers I would screen record it on my phone send it to my laptop play it on my laptop and like record myself from my phone 
and it was just so much work. So I was like, okay, I, I can't do this all the time, maybe once in a while. But so I just started going, whenever I post a video, you just go to like TikTok viral songs. And I typically will pick one of those or, you know, you pick like Ariana Grande or Justin Bieber, where it's, it's just like anyone's going to use that because it's such a popular song, right? Like Dua Lipa, something like that, because that's always kind of trending because it's such a trendy song. Even if you have a video where you don't need a song, still look up like a TikTok viral song and then put the volume all the way down yeah. and then just have it playing because people will look up that song. And so even if you don't use the song, you can still have it like at zero volume. Yeah, exactly. I've never done a voiceover, but that absolutely works for sure. Um, so it, I mean, it really speaks to just why it's called TikTok viral section. Like it yeah. will help you go viral. My, you know, TikTok kind of started blowing up and I, I really did kind of blow up overnight. And then it's been pretty like just steady. It hasn't like blown up again. But I've had like a few videos that go viral, but it is like more steady now. So which is good. And then it transferred over to my Instagram, which was interesting. All like a bunch of followers from TikTok started following me on Instagram. So I was like, oh, shoot, I need to start curating this a little better. (laughs) With TikTok too, it's interesting because you can get paid on TikTok where like by the app, it's very minimal, but you can still, I mean, if you blow up a certain amount of times, you can definitely get paid a good amount. So can you talk a little bit about that? I don't know how much you know about pay and everything on TikTok, but for, you know, like the TikTok stars that have over 10, 20 million followers, like, do you know how that works with them getting paid through TikTok? Yeah. Um, So once you hit 10K, you can sign up for what it's called a creator fund. I don't know the exact ratio, but it's very, very minimal for like a thousand. I think you get like 10 cents, maybe less. So people like Addison Rae, you know, they're getting millions of views every single post just like eating ice cream you know what I mean so like yeah. they they can post a lot but I think most of the money even I mean Instagram doesn't pay you on the app same concept where it's more collaborations um is what's gonna kind of get you money and once you hit 10k like the rule of thumb is a hundred dollars for the post per 10k So, you know, people who have like millions of followers just kind of do the math. You're like, okay, they're making a lot of money off this collaboration because it's free marketing for these companies. And it's such good marketing because it goes viral that quick, you know? If you have been following an influencer for a really long time and you trust their style or their opinion and advice, when they do advertise a product that they like using, you will like trust their judgment. I feel like with influencers too, if influencers just kind of post anything and everything, then it makes you question, like, what do you actually like that you're posting? Yeah. And that kind of goes back to, again, just like being authentic to yourself. Like, don't just do something because everyone else is doing it. Do it because you believe in it. Or, you know, it is like it fits your brand. Like, think of yourself as a brand, you know, it's even when you go and meet people, you're like, okay, like, this is what they're going to see with my personality. It's kind of the same thing with Instagram and TikTok. And I don't think necessarily like you have to show everyone everything right at right up front you know you can talk about your life throughout you give as much as you want like in the beginning and for me and my tiktok and instagram and social media like i really just give people right now like the very base level of i'm a california girl living in new york and i really like fashion (laughs) um but of course there's like so much more to a person yeah with like collaborations and stuff too like do collaborations with 
brands that you feel are on brand. And speaking of collaborations, let's talk about some partnerships that you've recently had. Can you talk about Urban Outfitters reaching out to you and kind of just how that whole process happened, like a collaboration? I think because I pretty much my entire closet is Urban Outfitters. Definitely like my everyday casual wear is more like urban, free people and anthro. I just know throughout my, you know, videos after them going viral quite a bit, I would, you know, people would ask where are things from. And so I'd be tagging Urban all the time. And so that's another thing. Like if you really want to work with a brand, get their attention, like post videos with some clothes that you have already and like tag them, even if they're old. I have post so many pictures and videos of old clothes because I can't, I don't have the heart to get rid of it. <laughs> Which um, honestly, like it, it will come back into style too. Like, you know, if it goes out of style in two I years, I like, I'm going to start keeping all my jewelry any accessories I have because my mom's like oh my god like scrunchies are in again like it's just crazy how it comes back around and it's always like oh my god I just got rid of that like two months ago and you're like oh no it's a trend (laughs) I know I know so I feel you I'm like no I love showing off old pieces too yeah that was that was definitely a good way to um get urban's attention but I would like reach out even you know every day like I'll send a few emails to certain brands that I want to work with and it's typically they have found me. Um, so I don't know how that's working, but uh, <laughs> so I think it's just tagging them a lot. And just, I mean, I identify like with their style a lot. So they, I'm a good choice for them as, you know, a marketing perspective. So they reach out to me um, and it was a very like chill conversation. He was just like, it was um, a guy and he was just saying, okay, pick, you know, I think it was like eight items or something like that. Um, any eight items, as long as they're an urban brand. And so I did that and he sent them over and it was just so easy. And I made a bunch of videos because I love urban. I was like, oh, I want to do this again. So I want to do it really well. I was going to say, did you get to keep all of the items that you chose? Yeah. So I had already had, I think at this point, like 12K on TikTok. So I could have asked for a paid partnership, but I was literally so excited. This was like my first collab. And I was like, oh my God, this is my dream collab. (laughs) So I didn't even ask. I just sent it. Yeah, I I got to keep everything and just in exchange for content. So I took pictures, I took videos, uh, multiple TikToks. They reposted me, which was also great because you want it when you're making the content, you don't want to, you know, use songs that are cussing and that type of thing. So you have to keep that in mind too. It's whatever brand you're working with. What's their style? Is it more edgy? Do you need a more edgy song? Or is it like, do I need to throw some Taylor Swift on this, you know, to make to make them repost me? I mean, they can always switch up the song, but it will, you know, grab their attention and grab their audience's attention more too, which I mean, it's a partnership. You want to help both of you. So yeah. um, you definitely have to kind of, if you don't know the brand, do your research a little. So I made that collab and then Princess Polly reached out to me and um, that was definitely more formal. I had to sign a contract. It was like, this whole deal of you have to post this, your caption has to be this, and your promo code has to be on there like the whole time. So I mean, it was very simple requirements. And then I only had to do like one video, one post, and then the rest of the posts I can still do, but I don't have to do, you know, the hardcore caption or put my promo code on everything. I did a haul and I did um, like a dedicated post. Um, so I was wearing like Princess Polly head to toe. That was really fun. But um, for the other partnerships, basically after Urban, um, I'm doing one with Dulce Vita and Shop Soulspire right now. And I mean, I've asked to kind of get paid for all of those. And most of most of the time, it's like, okay, they'll send you it free the first time. 
if you do well, then the next collab you can get paid. Just, I mean, it's, I'd say that's a fair trade-off, at least right when you're getting started. And then once you become more credible, then, you know, they're going to know you're going to make great content for them, but um, that's when they kind of like put more trust in you. And I think that's when you'll just be expected to get paid and they won't be saying no to you asking. Definitely at first, you got to be patient. You have to have a lot of time to content. And I mean, it is, it's, it's such a creative process. And um, I think curating your feed, like on Instagram versus not curating your feed on TikTok, it's, it's two different things. Um, So you got to like juggle both, but it sounds like a literal full-time job. Like with what you're doing right now. It kind of takes a lot of time. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to say with, with the posts that you're doing for these brands, is it taking longer than just a normal post that you would make on your own? Like um, you said you kind of have free range with creativity, but have you found yourself just like it takes, you know, multiple hours to create one? Sometimes like I've gotten so much better at it now where like I know you know, a pose that'll look good. I know the transition, that's really easy. So it, it becomes quicker, you know, as you practice makes perfect, as you keep practicing, it'll get easier. But yeah, with like photos, sometimes like you really want the shot because you want to get reposted and you want to be able to give them content. Like that's why they're using you and you want, you want it to blow up too. So I don't know, like sometimes taking pictures, I feel like takes longer. And I'm also not great at editing. Luckily, my boyfriend's really good at editing. So I literally just sent him half my photos. (laughs) He sounds like a great boyfriend. He's the best. (laughs) I wanted to give my creative side to something. And so that's why I started it because I did lose my job during COVID and it was kind of an outlet for me. And it made me feel like I was, you know, using a talent of mine. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's so crazy how something that is initially negative in your life can turn into a positive outcome. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge believer in everything happens for a reason. And I'm always trying to look at the positive. And I think I just read this book recently. It's called The Secret. And it talks all about manifestation. And really just if you're telling, you know, if you're giving yourself positive feedback, positive thoughts, like you will receive positivity in return. Um, And I think for a long time, you know, during the pandemic, I was so, so devastated after losing my job, like I was obsessed with that job. So it was really difficult for me. And I kind of closed out. Um, But eventually, yeah, I just was like, you know, I'm healthy, I'm able to go home. And I have, you know, a family that loves me. And there was so much more positivity around me that I was I I almost forgot about you know all the negative so and I try to turn it into something that's creative and it's working and I think I mean my ultimate goal was always to you know be your own boss right and so I really would like to keep growing my content I would really like to get my corporate job you know a corporate job in fashion again and be able to get experience from both have the corporate experience build my following and then eventually like merge the two and launch my own business it's kind of always been a dream of mine you know to have my own line and company and I've always wanted to run it with my mom <laughs> so Aww. I mean yeah. that's really how I fell in love with fashion is because I grew up with three brothers my mom and I would have to escape somehow so we go straight to the mall <laughs> yeah and but. that's and like honestly it's like you sometimes you can't do everything at once and so it's like right now you're growing your online presence and your TikTok and Instagram. And I think that's really great advice. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very simple. And I think honestly, the less effort that you put into these videos, sometimes 
the more people appreciate it because it's something that anyone can do type of thing. And it just feels more natural. Yeah, people like to see the real you, I feel like, instead of having something that's really not authentic to your personality. Yeah. What is your favorite trend at the moment? How about a favorite piece in your closet? Oh, I am so attached to so many pieces in my closet. I honestly like my favorite right now I would probably say are those jeans man I loved those urban jeans you need to send me a photo of them like I, are, can we still buy them are they like yes sale? you can they're BDG um cowboy fit like patchwork jeans from urban they're amazing and they fit so well and they're so cozy and they're just fun for me I feel like it's hard to find a pair of jeans that fit me like a glove and so like when I do find a pair of jeans that fit me amazing I'm like obsessed with them where do you see yourself five years from now I know you kind of touched on owning a business but I mean I've you know going back to the beginning I you know was at Chapman thinking okay I want to do New York because then I'll come to California and I could be you know worth more because it's you know moving to New York such a big thing and people really recognize it and appreciate it I'm possibly we don't know if I'm going back to California soon or not but interviewing you know both places at the moment but five years I definitely would love to have lived abroad um, at one point so I've always said you know New York possibly LA and then um like Italy or Milan or um, even Australia, I've been like thinking about because there are so many like great brands out there. Um, my dream job, funny enough, is always to work in like bridal. Like I love, it's so like off, right? But like I love, love. I'm such a sucker for love. So I would just love to work, I don't know, for like a designer, bridal, something. I don't know. I'm so obsessed with it. Honestly, too, I know five years is so far away from now. And like where I thought I would be five years ago, now I thought I'd be in New York still and I'm not I've kind of learned just to like go with the flow and like it'll be exciting to see where we are in five years yeah I mean I've definitely I really believe in setting goals right so I've always seen myself as like four-year five-year plan um like even in college I remember sitting down in my freshman year was like my second day of school and I wrote out my entire four-year plan on the back of like my o-week paper and so that's kind of just how my mind works so it was really like coming to New York was that next step and you know COVID really threw us for a loop so that changed plans but you know it's not doesn't mean you can't keep following certain goals yeah I know that I really want to still work in fashion I know that I'd love to you know work corporate and possibly go abroad or you know create my own business eventually and the big plan lastly where can our listeners follow you on TikTok and Instagram yeah so TikTok is uh nicolette.evans and then Instagram's nicolette underscore evans definitely posting a lot of styling videos in the future um hopefully doing a lot of clubs and if anyone has any questions like DM me, message me. I mean, I've literally made friends in New York, like we were talking about through TikTok. I would love to talk to anybody. I mean, I'm obsessed that we met each other. I you know. know. I know. It's such like, a good, like, easy connection. Yeah. The next time I'm in New York, we're getting dinner for sure. Oh, dinner absolutely. And we're hanging out all night. <laughs> yes. I'm so excited. And this time I will not have met you drunk already. <laughs> yes. It'll be great. I don't know. Maybe we can have a little pregame together. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed talking with you. That was really fun. Hey guys, it's Megan. I just wanted to pop on and say thanks so much for listening to this episode. Thanks to Sam for interviewing Nicolette and thanks to Nicolette for coming on, sharing amazing social media, creativity, understanding why and how content goes viral. And I hope you guys learned something. Love you. Talk to you next time.